You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We've got a whole ashes to come and we've got to sit here and say um, no. that Matthew Wade was really, really good. And I, I don't think I'm ready for that personally. Hello and welcome to Rain Stop Play. And yes, a final happened. Yes, Australia won. Yes, congratulations. We'll get onto all of that in this podcast. We're going to be reviewing the T20 World Cup final. Um, we're going to talk about both teams and we're going to award some Rain Stop Play awards. I don't know what to call them, boys. I want to call them like the the Rainies or the Stoppies. I think we need a name for them. Let me introduce the pod first. Uh, Zach's not with us today, but we have some notes from him. So you will hear from him in spirit. Uh, Glenn, how are you? Any any name ideas for the awards that we're about to to give out at the end of this pod? I quite like the Rainies. <laughs> I like the Rainies. Like it the sounds rainies. like a kids. It sounds like a kids TV show with like talking clouds or something. <laughs> okay, Rainies. I love uh, them. Uh, Will, hello. How are you? Is it is it Rainies for you as well? Are you excited to hand some out? I like the Rainies. I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that more than I am talking about Australia winning a game, as yes. I think most of us are. It's my slightly uh, sarcastic introduction there, but a World Cup final did happen. We, we do have to talk about it. Um, before we get into it, though, we're going to acknowledge some news. We need to plug again the Yorkshire special we have coming out this week uh, on Thursday, where we're going to do a deep dive um, into the racism issue at Yorkshire and in English cricket as a whole at the minute, uh, if you're following the news. Uh, today's been a busy day with Adil Rashid's statement, uh, Maurice Chambers's um, testimony in The Cricketer, uh, more Michael, more Michael Vaughan statements as well. Um, we we want to dedicate more time to this. We're going to mention it now, but I'll plug the special that's coming out. We're just going to cover this properly. Um, yes, very sad. Lots going on. So let's talk about the cricket though for now. The World Cup final. Australia won. They win the T20 World Cup for the first time uh, for the men's side. Uh, very well done to them. It was a convincing win in what was wanted to be an exciting final, but wasn't, which was annoying. Um, and then doubly annoying because Australia won. I need to toe the line of not being an Englishman here. Congratulations, Australia. Um, it was a bit of a dull final, wasn't it, boys? If we talk about the game first, Glenn, you're nodding. I mean, I'm just, I, it never felt like enough runs for New Zealand again. And 
every game, the two semi-finals and the final, a pass score was reached and was easily, easily kicked off. And this happened again. Yeah, I think a lot of people were frustrated um, because it really was that very formulaic, um, you know, you want to chase, you bat first, uh, you know, set a target. And it, obviously this tournament's shown that it's uh, far more straightforward to be chasing that as opposed to trying to defend it. Uh, yeah, I think for me, it just felt a little bit flat. I think obviously what we really loved about the semifinals um, was it was edgy seat action. It was exciting. There were twists and turns galore. I would say for the semifinals, you know, there was a moment where every one of the four teams were in the driving seat. Not only was there a chance they could win, we thought they were going to win. Uh, you know, the little win viz thing was flying all over the place. Um, but for this game, it, as you quite rightly pointed out, Dan, it just felt as if Australia were in the, the ascendancy from the get go. Um Never really felt as if New Zealand had enough runs. Uh, obviously, you got a point to Williams uh, Williamson's majestic innings. I mean, I'm just looking at the scorecard now. I didn't even realise that his strike rate was the best part of 200 at 107. I've, I've never seen him go that quick, and we'll come on to him in more detail. But before he got going, and I think it was a stark over that he got going in, maybe the ninth, it looked like they were going to get like 130, 140. You knew, and you knew that was way below. So he kind of dragged them to that to that figure in the end. No, he definitely did. Uh, yeah, so so obviously in its own right, that was uh, an innings, uh, especially you know in the in the context of Williamson not being known for those kind of uh, those kind of a swashbuckling uh, style of innings. That that would have deserved to win the the final onto itself. But it, with the you know with the players around him, it wasn't enough. You know, got till twenty eight runs was the next highest, and no one really got going. Ooh. It was a shame. Can I interrupt you on got till? Yes, knock? it was so sad. It was such a sad little knock. <laughs> How sad. many balls was it off again? It's like you bless him. He tried to get going. 28 of 35 balls bless him he tried to get going and he hasn't quite this tournament we know how destructive he can be and it was just a really sad attempt at getting going and then when he did he just he just sort of plinked it the long on I think and I think because he's the opener and as you as you pointed out Dan like, there's a lot of um, expectation around him he's, he's an ex- exceptional player in this format that again kind of set the tone for this innings which was just a little bit itty bitty uh, not a huge amount of fluency. I wish Nisham had come in a little bit earlier, bringing carrying in that form. He only faced seven balls. Uh, never really felt like enough. But at the same time, I mean, you, you, I, I think it'd be harsh on Glenn Phillips not to come in because we all know the damage he can do. So uh, a lot of starts, not a lot of, um, you know, end product from that from that uh, team uh, in the batting department, except obviously Williamson's innings. And then for Australia, it just it just all was a little bit too easy. I mean, they only lost um, two wickets. No. I, don't, I don't want to have a go at Australia here for winning comfortably because I'm selfish and wanted a good game. But I just but also you are. <laughs> I am. I very much am, Will. You're spot on. I just, they just, New Zealand is not for much of the ball. They got away fairly quickly and they just didn't get the wickets. And I think we said in, in the semi-final review podcast, Will, get Warner and you got a chance. And they didn't get Warner and he got his 50. And the platform was set then. And I think if Marshall had come into bat without Warner set and had come in with Smith or Maxwell sort of plodding it about, he might not have been able to kick on as well. So it all sort of felt it like it stemmed around Warner, that innings, and they, and they couldn't get him. Definitely. We knew that wicket was going to be the key. This was the one game in pretty much the whole tournament where New Zealand did not drag somebody else down to their level. And that, was, <laughs> that, that. That, that failure to get the wicket was... was it? I mean, I slightly disagree that it... It didn't have any twists and turns or it was never exciting. There were, there were a couple of moments when Williamson was in that he he looked like he was going to get to a century, which would have made that score a bit more competitive. Even point. even Daryl Mitchell, one of my heroes of the tournament, who we'll come on to later, had, had a couple of nice boundaries. And then when he got out early on, 
that was a sort of a sign of things to come really that was that was the moment my hope in New Zealand kind of died pretty early um and then yeah as you say they just didn't get enough of those early wickets Trent Bolt bowled very very well he's pretty much the only New Zealand bowler that looked threatening consistently um and I wonder if they could have bowled another over of him early on to try and get that key wicket because they went into to some of the others and didn't really offer anything and started getting smacked around pretty early um special mention uh for Mitchell Stark who you mentioned who went for about 50 kept bowling Yorkers every hilarious figures some of the funniest figures and do you remember I said well I think I just said you look up and Hazelwood's always gone for 50 and to be fair to Hazelwood he bowled I think he went for 16 or 18 maybe he had, a, had an unbelievable uh final fair play to him it was Stark's turn to go for 50 one, one of the Australian bowlers go for 50 this was a hilarious spell it was it was just terrible, and I think Williamson took a particular liking to him, and it it made Finch's job a bit tricky to find his an extra over. He eventually gave it to Stark. Fair play to him, but I think he was thinking, "Oh, do I give it Maxwell or do I give it Marsh?" This this was where the match felt like it was really on a knife edge. Yeah, I think so, and it was it was sixty. He went he went for sixty runs in four was it overs. Sixty in the end. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, repeat. Sixty. Uh, <laughs> Even worse, because uh, you were saying you were both saying fifty with uh, with frowns on your faces. I mean, it was all, it, basically every one of his overs was almost uh, was almost the entire economy of, of Hazelwood, <laughs> Hazelwood's entire spell. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal, and you know probably as a criticism, you know of of Finch, he probably should have just um, cut his losses and probably taken him off um, before even more damage was caused, considering he just wasn't finding his length. Um, Yes, speaking, yeah, we'll, of da- speaking of damage caused by bowlers, um, Ish Sodi's half trackers. I was going to come on to that. <laughs> he like I like I, this was a really crucial part of the game as well, wasn't it? New Zealand's yeah. spin phase, and it went horribly wrong from both ends. Santner Santa got a couple against the right hander. He chucked it up, and it spun out of a foothold. Otherwise, nothing much was going on. And then Ish Sodi's been incredible all tournament. Um, just bowled half trackers, and 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 again. Williamson was searching for overs from somewhere. I think Nisham came on a bit earlier than you normally would. And it all got a bit chaotic out there. And you knew if the spinners couldn't go for 20, 25 each, the game was done. That That's when I mentally resigned from the game anyway. Yeah, it's just you, you basically can't can't bowl like that and expect to win a final. Uh, the figures are poor. Even Southie struggled, uh, you know, and there was there was no lack of, you know, effort or application and you could see there was obviously a game plan that Williamson did have for the for the bowlers but as you as you both said they couldn't find their lengths and the spinners are so essential in this tournament as you rightly pointed out you know it's a massive contrast you know the figures from the New Zealand um, spinners um, to Zampers and he did a really solid job of of constraining the New Zealand batsmen who as we know are a really dangerous bunch and yeah you know he had four for uh, 26, so he went an economy of 6.5, and yeah, so he went a double that over 13, yeah. and just couldn't find that length. We spoke will about Zampa. Is he an elite leg spinner now? I think we all agreed he was, but this kind of cements that he's had an unbelievable tournament, an unbelievable final. Cruelly not given player of the tournament, uh, which we'll come on to later, which is given to David Warner. Uh, but this is a huge asset for Australia. I think we we previewed them thinking, what what are they saying in the spin department? Yes, Amber's been okay. He's going to get backed up. He didn't need to be. He was sort of that good on his own. He kept getting crucial wickets at crucial times. I'm thinking of Babra Zam in the semi-final. And uh, when Australia bowl, he feels like the sort of bedrock of it. And you go around him, if he goes well, get your paces in the right time. And you go from there. And it stopped Australia get uh, sorry New Zealand get into you know 180 190 his his overs. 
Yeah, 100%. And he gives them that added bit of, little bit of mystery, little bit of just something different that spices up what is otherwise a test bowling attack. It's just right arm over. Um, Actually, no, Mitchell Stark. But yeah, you're right. Test bowling attack. Doubly fond of Adam Zampa because he's had a pop at Michael Vaughan immediately after winning yes. the World Cup. Well, I think um, we like Zampa in general. You know, the earring, the mullet, the coffee, you know, just seems like a bit of a dude. I quite like him. We do. And it is worth saying, because we've been very d- dismissive and unhappy about Australia winning, that this is <laughs> this is sort of, a, as lots of people have said, an irritatingly likeable Australia team. Mm. Granted, we're comparing that to an extremely low bar of previous Australia teams. But nonetheless, yeah, the, the Zampa and Stoyness and Mitch Marsh yeah. having, a, having a lovely time at the end was quite nice. They posted some very bizarre videos of of them dancing and all sorts in the in the changing room, but they seem to be having a nice time. So They're enjoying themselves. I think, quick on to Marsh, I think he's, again, a likeable character. Um, he's had a tough career, tough injuries. I don't think he's been that well appreciated by the Australian public. I remember he took Pfeiffer in Ashes and that was sort of his redemption moment in Australia. Um, promoting him to three, the form he's been in. I don't know how he didn't win player of the tournament, to be fair, as well. I think Warner's, Warner's very good, by the way. We can come to discussion in a bit. But I think Mitch Marsh, I think he's won it, them Because I don't think anyone rated him coming in. He got a bit of form, looked unbelievable, and just really helped that batting lineup sort of work with Smith coming in after. Then you can go again with Maxwell. It just balanced that thing out nicely. Or, or even better, with Smith coming in, never. <laughs> Did Smith do uh, anything this tournament? I was going to ask. Does anyone have any? What, what are his? What? What? Are there any knocks? He doesn't bowl anymore. He doesn't bowl his useful little leggies. Comes in at four, I think, on the card, but then we'll get demoted, won't he? If he's, yeah. if he's, you know, the situation is as most times it was for Australia in a very good position. What is the point of it? A bit like Morgan, really, isn't it? It's like, well, Morgan's clearly a better T20 player, but yeah. where does he sit in this team? He's, he's nabbed. He's nabbed a World Cup out of nowhere. Surely this tournament retires Steve Smith from the T20 side. Yes. Surely. Surely Australia realises he's irrelevant and they can find someone else to go in there. <sighs> or maybe they can't. <laughs> maybe they can't. <laughs> maybe that's why. Yeah, I'm looking on ESPN real quick now. From what I can gather, the last five games, he only batted twice, I think. Okay, so we've got uh, we got the stats here. Dear, oh dear. Um, yeah, hasn't really done um, too much at all. In the last one, two, three, four... Five games, he batted twice and got five and one. Um, got 28 not out against Sri Lanka. Um, yeah, a bit of a knock there. I'm trying to figure and out. I, I think he dropped. He dropped somebody. He also dropped. He also dropped somebody. Also, I know I spoke really well about Hazelwood's figures. He did drop Williamson on about 20. So can we add that 60 to Hazelwood's bowling figures? I think we can. I think that's how it works, right? I think. I think that's okay. <laughs> um. You're right, Will. I'm being very harsh on the Australians because they're Australian. I think it's hard to take them winning, especially when me and Zach previewed them and said, mm. but what? is is this a good T20 side? Like, or all? I, th- I think, personally, I think all four teams going to semifinals are, are solid T20 sides. And then you have the volatile nature of T20 cricket and knockout tournaments come together to provide a winner in Australia that I don't think was the best team at the tournament. I think people might disagree on that, and that's fine. Is this a good T20 world uh, T20 side going ahead to the World Cup next year in Australia, or did a couple of important players find form at the right time and Glenn winning mentality? I, I, I'm not. I'm still not convinced on this team, despite them just winning the World Cup. They felt like a perfect winner for this World Cup, which I think we were all kind of a little bit underwhelmed by in general. That's very, I mean. very, very good point. <laughs> it feels like. 
a team, you know, pushing past mediocre, but certainly not into an eleven that you think, wow, this will define this era, this decade of T Twenty <laughs> cricket. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but with that they're, said, they're world champions. <laughs> they're pushing past mediocre. I love that. What I would say is that player to play i think they had a real selection of standouts i think we said three names in the last 10 minutes you know zampa warner marsh who all of us have kind of implied should potentially be given player of the tournament i i, I think it's certain i think marsh is a great shout don't get me wrong but i think it's almost unequivocally between warner and zampa in my opinion at least for this player of the tournament should have been zampa which the point i'm trying to make is that clearly they had the stars who performed well at the right time do i think it's you know a particularly inspiring or you know extraordinary team probably not but at the same time they 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 did the basics quite well okay you know um struggling the field a little bit here and there but they did the basics when it mattered well um two more very quick things trying to bounce this out one obviously they got completely um battered by england that game this is this the, is why it's jarring then that we're sat here today saying australia are winners that's why it's jarring, but at the same time, it does show that resolve that they had, that they came together collectively to push past that. Um, when you know India, for as well, you know, as, as all right as they did towards um, towards the end of the tournament, that loss to Pakistan by a similar margin really came to define their experience oh, at this tournament. I like that comparison. Um, and at the other, on the other hand, they they won the semi final. Correct me if I'm wrong here. The semi final, the final with an over spare, did it comfortably, as far as I'm aware. Yep. No, I think that's fair points on the Australia side. And I think if England had got battered by Australia that much, I can imagine we would have crumbled. So fair play to them for getting royally battered by us. And I will say England battered Australia. I'll say it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) And they came back from it. They came back from it. And that's a great point. I think they've got the players we've mentioned, uh, Warner, Zampa, Marsh. They've got the good players in good nick in the right spot in the team. A good spinner, a good opening batter. Those are great things to have. Good case. Exactly, exactly. Will, do you want to comment on that India little comparison going game? Your team crumbled at the loss to a rival. <laughs> Australia, though, no. All the way to the final. No, I thought I thought that was so, that was so needless from Glenn. That was like the, the, the <laughs> Simpsons memes, like, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> we're, we're long gone. We're already back in India. We're about to be in New Zealand in about a day. I mean, move on. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that. Um, on on New Zealand, then another brutal loss in a final, oh. as we said on Friday. Will, if if all had gone to plan, they could have been holding all three major titles: um, the 50 over World Cup, the World Test Championship, and the T20 World Cup. They only hold one, but they've been in finals of the other two. I don't know what the New Zealand media is saying. They're probably all too nice to really have a go at them, but they can't quite get it done in finals and it, it's it feels like it's not for them playing badly either they've never bottled a final obviously you had the the miracle at lords off ben stokes's bat and on this occasion i think australia just did play much better than them and batted them out of the game so i don't know how they're going to reflect on this tournament because this is, this is another chance gone it is but it's hard to be too critical because as you say they were all they're always the underdog coming into a final they've done very well just to get there when are they they've, not going to be the underdog? Exactly. Never. They always will be. They, they've To get to the final, they have to beat teams who pretty much everybody thinks are better than them. So that's already an achievement and quite impressive. You can't always repeat the trick. As we said, T20 is volatile. You get one huge performance from someone like David Warner or Mitch Marsh and it, it can take the game away from you. And that's the only real part of the game. Well, there are two parts of the game that I think New Zealand really lost it, but they will be a little bit disappointed. One is the early wickets that they, they've got in most of their other games and just didn't 
on that pitch for whatever reason. And and two, the bowling towards the death did fall apart at times, which I've never really seen from New Zealand before. There were a couple of boundaries off Sodi in particular where Mitch Marsh was just hitting it through a gaping wide gap in the field without too much effort because the ball was just so easily hittable and put in the wrong place for it with the field that they set, which doesn't really happen to New Zealand very often. So they'll be disappointed with that. You know, we know Adam Milne bowls. I like him. Another another Birmingham Phoenix uh, graduate. He's almost too quick for his own good, though. I think Simon Dool or someone on comm said, like, he's so quick the ball could go anywhere. So how do you set a field for it? And I think Mitch Mars came and hit his first ball off Milne for six. And at that point, mm-hmm. I was like, geez, if he's going to go and yeah. do that to Milne, this thing's done. And it was exactly the same thing that um, Pakistan did in their semi-final. It did it for them, which is they just kept going pace on and yeah. ramp it over into spare bit of the ground. And it goes for six without that that good a shot happening that was brutal to see really and I, I do feel for New Zealand because they're all they're all nice blokes aren't they that is the narrative and Williams is always smiling you know win loss or draw yeah I mean one thing I don't think necessarily would have affected the actual final outcome I think Australia were clearly better on the day but you know Conway's injury was was really frustrating um so as probably this is pretty much everyone knows you know after the after getting out in the semi-final Devin Conway punched his bat uh, managed to break part of his hand. He's not only missing this game, um, but the next series they're playing as well. Um, obviously, so <laughs> That's so brutal. Just real... to, to the world stage as well. Um, real school by moment. It's a real shame because, especially, you know, there's been the narrative of, um, you know, coming to New Zealand, of him coming to New Zealand to play cricket. This really inspiring story of someone who has this dream of being a professional international cricketer and basically follows through on it. And he was sensational for Somerset. I watched a lot of Devon Conway um, over last summer. He was brilliant for us in pretty much all forms of the game. That. That injury, A, he's a fantastic batsman. B, he's clearly a pretty well-liked uh, member of the team. He's a bit of a leader on the field. Uh, and B, because he's not only he's a batsman wicketkeeper, which meant they had to kind of rejig the team around a little bit. Um, obviously, bought in a replacement wicketkeeper who did end up batting at a similar position to him, about number five. But I, I just think in a game with as fine margins as T20, as we've all kind of mentioned, missing a player like Devin Conway for such a schoolboy, ridiculous reason... On the day, you know, again, Australia were better, but you, the, the, those fine margins can really be uh, probably, you know, bounced out um, or moved by just that one player hitting form. And, you know, Conway's batted pretty nicely in parts of this tournament. And I think that loss uh, was was really frustrating. And and, and the, the coach of New Zealand had to release a video on Twitter and like just the deadness behind his eyes having to recount how oh, <laughs> one no. of his players did that. It, it, it just felt like you need momentum. You need everything to go for you on the day in a T20 final. And for me, that even behind the scenes just took the momentum away from New Zealand a little bit. I think it's a really fair point and just sort of disrupts the team a little bit. And even if it's not that Absolutely. major, you know, Cypher was fine. He kept fine. He batted okay, but you don't know what sort of psyche that puts people in. Conway could have got a little 30 or 15. Who knows? Absolutely. But I think, yeah, ultimately Australia, better on the day. Congratulations, their first men's T20 World Cup and we get to play them in the Ashes. That's fun. That's coming up and they're going to be all buoyed by that win. Can I can I get a tiny bit of gloating as I got laughed off the pod when I mentioned that I had saw them as I give I give you permission for 30 seconds ago. (laughs) <laughs> I'll take 10 seconds um, but I, it was quite funny because I still wanted New Zealand to win on the day but yeah you know I I, I said I had under-researched Australia's previous failings in the tournament I was like oh yeah they're going to do pretty well they always win these kind of things complete silence on the pod and, they always win uh, it having never won it before you learned something <laughs> new that day ignorance was bliss on this podcast <laughs> 
Brilliant. Um, c- can we chat? And I know we've done a lot of cricket fatigue stuff and I don't want to flog a dead horse, but there was a great tweet from Barney Ronne at the culmination of, of the final on Sunday. Uh, he said, is T20 cricket a bit dull now? Uh, T20 cricket has plateaued a bit in the pandemic era. I've watched thousands of hours of it this year and it's basically the same players doing the same things in the same grounds with the same voices shouting wow on comms. I, I, this summed it up perfectly for me and you, listeners will know I've been a little bit bored of cricket over the past two months maybe. <laughs> IPL, not for me. World Cup I was ready for but it felt a bit flat for me apart from a few games here and there. And I think what he said here pretty much sums it up for me. I think there's been a lot of T20 cricket around. A lot of T20 cricket at Dubai in which you win the toss, bowl, chase, win and repeat, which happened, I think, nine or ten times in this World Cup. Might have been every game at Dubai for that matter. And it's the same players. We know what they're going to do. We know they're going to bowl it. We know Simon Dawes is going to get very excited. We know Nasser Hussain is going to talk about the slot and hand speed and, and stuff like that. And I think I just feel like we've been in a bit of a, a Groundhog Day situation for the past two months, maybe, of T20 cricket. And for me, that summed it up perfectly. I don't, I don't know if you boys agree or I'm being miserable again. Uh, but that's where I'm at with T20 cricket at the minute. And I think um, some whites and a red ball might cheer me up a bit more. I kind of agree. I mean, I certainly agree on the last two months. I think a lot of it has fallen a bit flat. I don't know that it's T20's fault or anything that needs overreacting to as much as we're playing sport in the middle of a pandemic. The schedule's a mess anyway. Yeah. And also, Australia, please schedule some test matches. I know, right? Nice. I'd love to see them play away from home as well at some point, maybe. It does just seem like one of those weird things that, I mean, because it is just easier to organise a kind of tight bubble franchise style thing that the T20 is just the bit of cricket that's come back in a really big way and everything else is kind of lagging behind. And as we said on the previous podcast, all sport in the UAE is a bit soulless. Um, I think all of that put together, it does make it a bit flat. And also part of it is just chance. And, we, and we've said before that it is the most disappointing thing out of this World Cup and we will come on to our awards for some of the most professional frauds in this department. But it's been that, that some teams just haven't turned up, yeah. um, which has meant that so many of the games, nothing really happened, which is a big disappointment. But um, I wouldn't stress it. I, Barney Ronnie does quite a lot of this sort of, or oh, is X oh, dying because why? And he loves a moat. He, he loves a crisis. He loves, he loves a, a crisis. Crisis is great for He's the a mascot. <laughs> but you know, I agree. It's not, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I did see someone in the comments of that tweet saying, "Like, this is why we need the hundred. T20 is too long now." And I was like, "Oh God, that is a slippery, slippery slope." <laughs> that is uh, wood for the trees comes to mind with that with that response. Uh, I would just say, Will put it beautifully. Like, I had two or three points to make. Will literally ticked them off box by box. Um, pandemic era is the key two words, I think, in that tweet. Um, as as Will rightly said. There's definitely a move towards, you know, quantity over quality of T20 cricket, which, as you beautifully said, Will, is often because it is just slightly easier to organise that kind of bubble. You have your six, seven teams um, and eight teams, whatever it is, and you just kind of stay in the same place or similarish place. So, yeah, with the international issues traveling, it does, you know, it is going to be the form of cricket that is um, seen again still as the most marketable, as there's the, as the most money in it as well. And I think once again, you know, it's just it's just pushing probably television rights ahead of actual quality on the pitch pitch um 
but it's tricky i trick and you know the locations as well you, you've both you've both said more than enough on that i don't think the location helped um for this particular tournament and yeah i don't think the quality of of some of the teams who just were clearly phoning it in halfway through the tournament that didn't help either so yeah a few factors but when all said and done we got two sensational semi-finals which i'm yes. still actually really buzzing about i thought they were good. incredibly good and that was t20 at its best so it was the rough with the smooth i think Glass half full back then. Good point to finish on. I think the key word in his tweets is plateaued. He's not saying, oh, this is terrible. It's just sort of, eh, a little bit flat now. Let's let's, let's recharge it a little bit. Um, okay, the Rainies. Excited to uh, to give these out. The first annual Rainies. Um, and we will do one next year because there's another T20 World Cup next year. Exciting. After all that chat, we can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me quickly run uh you guys and listeners through the team of the tournament uh as given out by the icc so obviously david warner opening with joss butler uh babarazam at three charith asalanka who we know zach's a big big fan on and we'll we'll chat about him in a minute uh aiden markram at five interesting uh moeen ali at six uh moeen and joss the two englishmen in this uh hasaranga adam zampa josh hazelwood sneaking in there trent bolt Einrich Norkia with the 12th man it cracks you up that they give a 12th man for this this this, this fake put it on the CV well, who's going to put that oh yeah <laughs> 12th, 12th man, man. Well, team of the tournament. this fake team this this team they've made up needs drinks carried to them apparently and those drinks be carried by Shaheen Sharafridi which I think is the biggest glaring omission I know I know oh, God. sorry that is great <laughs> give us the bonus again uh, Hasaranga Zampa fine Hazelwood, Bolt, Norkia are your paceman. That's criminal. That's absolutely that criminal. Absolutely criminal, isn't it? And I'm going to give... I, d- I love that. We'll, we'll do our players of the tournament in a minute. It'll be the first rainy. And I'm going to back Shaheen Shah because I know, I know Glenn's not as key. But how they've... Hazelwood went for 50. Twice, I think. I, I don't understand how he's gone in there. Consistency. That that's key to this team. <laughs> how has Norkia got in there? I don't know. Will's seen a ghost. Will, Will's face is <laughs> recently paled. <laughs> you, know how, you know, whenever sort of India or Pakistan loses, loads of people on Twitter who are like, this, is, this match has been bought and paid for. This is corruption. That's me now. Who, who, who's bought their way into this 11? Um, so the first rainy uh, is, is our player of the tournament. And I think what we're going to do is we've got some nominees we've written down, but we're gonna we're going to agree as a podcast. So we're gonna just, we're gonna hash it out now, live as it were, uh, and come up with it. So first nominee, and I've got a sneaking suspicion about this fella is Adam Zampa. Um, cruelly not given the award officially by the ICC because they're biased against bowlers. Um, Zach has agreed with that, and I think he said that he tweeted that from the account. And I don't know, we've already spoken a lot about him, so I don't really know what to say about that. Uh, other nominee, David Warner, who we've also spoken a lot about, who actually got the award from the ICC. Uh, Joss Butler, who was very good. Babra Zam, also very good. I've snuck in Temba Bavuma because I thought he captained the side very, very well amid the shitstorm that was Quinton de Kock. And South Africa only missed out on net run rate despite not being very good. So I think I was more to give him a shout out than actually consider him as player of the tournament because I couldn't tell you what he did with the bat, if anything, to be honest. Um, now, Glenn, I've put Shaheen Shahafridi as, as one of my nominees for player of the tournament. And immediately, you reminded me of that final over in the semi-final. But just for vibes, this guy's electric. This guy is just his box office. I feel like Danny Morrison. This guy's just cool. So is he worth player of the tournament for you? Can I persuade you out of someone like Zampa or Butler? 
No, what I will say is that he should certainly be in the team of the tournament. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, no, no, he gonna... is. He is. He's carrying the drinks for the team. He's carrying the drinks. He should be on the field. I'm going to try and be a bit more diplomatic. Uh, no, clearly he's a he's a world class bowler who's incredibly exciting. I just don't think you can be player of the tournament if you bought if you get smashed for three sixes in a row in the semi final. Like get get a wicket or yeah. something. <sighs> Are you kidding me? I think get out I have of here. To agree in the end because it kind of costs them. I was gonna, I was gonna join in with you if you held your nerve there, Dan. I think I, I, oh, he wilted. Wilted. I can cut. Will. I can. I'm I, editing this week. I can cut. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I totally hear Glenn on. Did he slightly throw away semi final? Sure, maybe, but also he did so much in pretty much every over that he bowled. Other than that, and also he is not the limiting factor in Pakistan losing that semi final, as we will come on to. There's another gentleman who's oh, yeah. somewhat more responsible for that loss. So I don't think we can really blame. <laughs> Who should it have been him. carrying drinks? <laughs> <laughs> I I just think oh, I've I've wilted too early. All right, because no, one thing I want to say about Shaheen is every folded. single one of his overs is so exciting. Yeah. His his fourth over against Namibia when they needed a hundred off ten. Was uh, I'm not sure that actually happened, but every over he bowled was with passion and it was awesome and everything mattered. Yeah, if we're going to talk about plateauing and feeling a bit flat, he is the complete antithesis of that. He yes. gave us some life. He he made us feel things in this tournament, which is all we're after from our bowlers. And in such a drought tournament, this guy started my heart again. So you know what? Take it, take However, it, and get it. <laughs> if if Glenn is going to veto that, I, we may be able to get a consensus on Joss Butler. Yeah, ahead he, of Zampa. <sighs> For me, it's hard when England just sort of fell out so tragically in the semi-final. And Butler's hundred was unbelievable. His knock against Australia was unbelievable. Who were the eventual winners? I just I can't get off I can't get off Zampa. I'm afraid physically and we, mentally I can't get off him. The way this always seems to work in major tournaments is they they always give player of the tournament to someone on the winning team. That is correct. Is that, do, we, do we? I mean, do we agree with that? Is that fair? Yeah, they won yeah. it, and this, and I think they won it. And what they're saying is this player was very important in doing so. Um, we need to give Zach's coming with this one. Um, he, he's he's put this note in Asalanka, who Glenn said who, <laughs> 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 but because Zach's not here and he normally comes comes with the facts. Rafa Benitez come with the fact. Um, and none of us have. We're going off vibes. Um, Asalanka had 231 runs at an average of 46 uh, with 147 strike rate. Very handy. This is Zach's pitch. This is word for word what he said. Only made his international debut this year um, and is a very important cog in the Sri Lankan top order, according to Zach. Those are his words. Um, and he's only 24. So a big future ahead of him. I don't think the category for play of the tournament means you have a big future ahead of you. <laughs> I don't think that's one of the... He played no. shit. He played shit, but he's 19. <laughs> if we had a breakout star of the tournament, which arguably we should, oh, he's, oh. he's going for that. We can, we can create it and award it right this moment. Yes, with full it's Bill, you, have come up, you have come up our with first new, rainy. our first ever rainy. Congratulations, Chahith <laughs> Asalanka of Sri Lanka. You are the breakout star of what, the tournament. What about Daryl Mitchell? Second place? Oh, God, Daryl Mitchell. This he's old. No, he's old. He's old. You're right. He's old. He's 30. Old he doesn't count. Asalanka wins. And Asalanka um, isn't. So congratulations. year old. <laughs> Your breakout stars won the coaches. <laughs> so the batting coach of Namibia is a breakout star. <laughs> there's our first rainy. I can't believe he's a breakout star. And thank you, Zach, for that suggestion. He doesn't win play of the tournament, but he does win the inaugural rainy. Okay. Um, play of the tournament then. 
we're gonna need to come to agreement here. I'm on Zampa. I know Zach is on Zampa. Glenn. Zampa. Yep. Will, you're the last one here. We're not, we're not I'm happy. Back. I'm happy to consent to that. Okay, I wouldn't. Good. It wouldn't be my first choice. I don't find him that inspiring. I think oh. he's been. I think he's been good. But they did win, and he was the one of their best players. So there we go. I'm, okay. I'm relaxed thank, about that. Thank you for conceding on that one. Uh, congratulations to Adam Zampa, uh, player of the tournament, uh, as awarded by Rain Stop Play. Your rainy is in the post. It's just a. It's just some water. Um, okay, best <laughs> moment of the men's T20 World Cup this year. I want to put one that's not in our list because it's not actually a moment, but it okay. is. It is all Shaheen Afridi first overs. <laughs> because it's the thing that when you know when you look when you looked at a game was on and you were like right okay these guys are playing these guys it's two o'clock I'm maybe I'm doing some work and whatever sometimes you're like I'll switch it I'll switch on a game if I'm not doing anything. The one game that you always sat down to watch first ball made you were there. No cup of teas being made, you're there, is the first ball of Pakistan's innings. And I Every agree. Time. This it's comes bit. to the point of Shaheen should have been part of the tournament. And I wish I hadn't wilted so early now because, yes, every Shaheen first over was amazing. I really want to play poker against Dan because <laughs> he would fold in an instant. So He'd have the most fantastic hand. And you just see a little bit of aggression from a stare from Will and you're just down, fold. <laughs> I'll just tell you I've got pocket aces. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> there you go, guys. Have it. Okay, that's a good first one from Will. Um, other moments that we've put up as nominations. Uh, Butler's 100 versus Shranka. And I tell you now, when I got the, 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 the yelp that I made when his last ball went for six and he got the 100 My and highlight. became the first English man to have a 100 in test early eyes and T20s was, you know, deafening was the yelp. So... I'm going to struggle to move from this one, but let's chat about some more. Um, Matty Wade, we know how much I love him. Uh, three sixes. This was pretty cool. This was quite fun, especially in the semi-final when the game was so poised to suddenly do that and take the game away. Any 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 props for that? Uh, it was an amazing moment, but the fact it was Wade means I can't in good conscience <laughs> vote for it. Yeah. I think I think none of us could actually carry on the podcast otherwise. But there you go. There's nomination. We mentioned it. You know. um, uh, for the pretty much the same reason, we have to mention this, but I can't bring myself to give it. Is to Jimmy Neesham's 27 off 11 in the semi-final. No, Will. <laughs> Shouldn't be nominated. What was that? Wow. Nominated. That was one of the innings of the tournament. Wow. Disdain. Disdain from Will. I think it was a moment of the tournament, but I can't vote for it. It knocked England out. Um, uh, okay, this this was my this is what I put in. Will, and I think we can back each other on this one. Now we're on the Shaheen train. I wrote down uh, Shaheen's LBW against Finch uh, in the semi final. That was electric, and I think that comes under the umbrella of every Shaheen first over. So that's just sort of more evidence, I think, to put forward for that for that argument. Yep, you've actually fit the brief and put a moment. Um, but yeah, I actually found one. Where I remembered one. You're just like, well, he was just cool. I'm like, yeah, I've, remember. I've more gone on the unquantifiable vibe on, and the hope for seeing a moment that that you have before a first over, rather than an actual first ball that was bold. The unquantifi- the unquantifiable vibe of Shaheen Afridi. That's that sounds like a novel or something. That sounds like a, like a great read. Um, we've also got Namibia's qualification, which feels like a year, two ago. Glenn, your Forever boys, they made it through. That was a nice moment, wasn't it? In, in what was a f- pretty fun part of the tournament in that little prelim stage. 
yeah i mean i was delighted they made it through um it was it was superb and you know the scenes on the field you know what it meant for namibia you know obviously as a country and as a um you know and as a team i thought i thought it was superb and i think yeah i think we i feel pretty happy that we um that we called them we i really enjoyed really really enjoyed our preview pod for the minnows and i think we um we earmarked them pretty early um so yeah great for them and i think they were and i think it's a bit unlucky I might we might have mentioned they might get a nomination later in I think our our favourite team but I think Scotland doing so well in the prelims was um, was fantastic as well I thought they were superb. I was going to say, can I throw in Chris Greaves' wickets against Bangladesh back in back in Ooh, qualifying? They were fun. That was a fun moment. My only th- issue with Scotland is they were so tragic in the main draw so that bad. I just it just so kind bad. of left a bad taste in my mouth. If we forget that. If okay, we I'll only try. remember the joy that they gave us in the good times. <laughs> yeah, Chris Greaves is a very good shot. We can't forget him. Um, we've already mentioned uh, England embarrassing the eventual winners. I think that's just something I think we wanted to say out loud. And we have. <laughs> um, Curtis Camphor. I forgot about this. I totally forgot about this. Curtis Camphor for Ireland grabbing four wickets in four balls. The um, controversial double hat-trick is his name, which it, it isn't, which wound me up about the whole situation. Um, I can't remember who's against. Yeah, who the was Dutch, the Dutch? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's that's why. It, it, if that's it's a gimme, it, isn't it? If it's against mm. Australia in a semi-final, it's moment of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but not, is, is it even, not in that context? Is, is it even moment of his career? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> he got a solid ten off two balls a few few weeks ago, and he prefers that. Um, we got Craig. We got, we got a couple more nominations in this one. We got Craig Williams, forty off thirty-seven versus Pakistan. I think you wrote that in there, Glenn. Glenn. <laughs> That'd be a nomination. That Help us out. To, to see somebody uh, with such dedication to the game. Oh, you're put, actually trying on this, are you? Yeah, to, to yeah. put into practice. You know, he's you know what he teaches in the Craig Williams High Performance Center was shown on the global stage against Pakistan. He went above a runner ball and nearly got 50 i mean what what more do you want for a moment of a tournament fair pitch glenn good well thanks for trying and if we if we ever get out to the um the craig williams center for performance maybe we can give him our rainy in person who knows um final nomination is the mohammed afiz double bouncer again had to get a mention i think david warner's like sort of hockey shot here for six is worth that as well that was that was a bit village always nice to get a sprinkle of village in there um those are the nominations are we going to come to a consensus on this? No, just because you said village, I've remembered the first time that we saw the 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 Brian Lara cricket running screen. Oh, <laughs> the debut of the Brian Lara cricket! Can that be? Can that be in there? I think that's got to be in there. Star Sports wheeled it out like it was the next great technology of of cricket broadcasting. It was like, mate, I think we all saw that on our PlayStation <laughs> Two in two thousand and five. <laughs> Okay, I'm struggling here. I'm personally, I'll let you boys, you know, air your opinions here. I'm stuck between Butler's 100 and all of Shaheen's first overs. I'm very, very caught. All of them isn't, you've got to go for the Finch wicket then, because all of them isn't a moment. (laughs) Okay, that that is, that does seem fair. Oh, but but arguably the more important is, is the one to effectively knock India out. But I'm happy to. Go- we'll call it the Finch moment if that will make you happy. Glenn. But I think the India one was more, actually more important. Now I'm thinking about it. But that's why I say I think it is a moment. It's 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 a moment that happened repeatedly. <laughs> it's a genre of moment. <laughs> I might just vote for Butler anyway, Will. So this yeah, is, I'm this relaxed is, about that. Hey. I'm relaxed. Butler. About Congratulations, Josh Butler. Your hundred so versus Craig. Shrek, Craig runner so, up. Craig Williams runner up. Craig Williams <laughs> so, runner up. So, 
I'm imagining Shaheen listening to this and he's been snubbed as 12th man on the official team. <laughs> and he's, he's not gotten play in the tournament. He's not getting best moment. He didn't he's win it. Not getting a rainy at this rate either. I don't think he's rainy. up for anything. Well, those, those are his away. two opportunities. Um, congratulations, Joss Butler. That 100 was stunning. I think it all captured us. Unlike anything else in this tournament, that is the best moment of the tournament, according to Rainstop Play. Okay, favourite game, and there aren't many for this. <laughs> I I initially put the final because it meant the tournament was over. Uh, that got taken away as a potential nomination. <laughs> <laughs> the nominees are England versus Australia, India versus Pakistan, England versus New Zealand, semi-final one, Pakistan versus Australia, semi-final two. Now... I'm inclined to go for the one that gave me the most just sort of buzz, which was probably the second semi-final, Pakistan-Australia. That's my initial uh, pitch. Does anyone have any other arguments? No, I agree with that. Okay, nice and easy. Glenn? Yeah, I th- yeah. <laughs> if, I w- if I wasn't an England fan, I would say the other semi-final, but I am an England fan. so Exactly, I was kind of taking that. And the England-Australia like, group game was such a trancing. It, wasn't, it was just sort of funny. Uh, and then India-Pakistan was also like, you had these two great rivalries and, and it was a one-sided affair, wasn't it? So as much as the sort of occasion was fantastic, the actual, for the actual quality of the game, congratulations, Pakistan-Australia, you win the rainy. I don't know how we deliver that. Give it to their, the, the central cricket balls or something. I'm sure they'll <laughs> find somewhere to display it. Uh, okay, I'm looking forward to this one. So the next award is for the saddest moment of the tournament. And we have <laughs> lots of nominations for this one. Um, the first nominee, I'm probably getting a few votes, Hassan Ali dropping the World Cup potentially uh, in the semi-final. Uh, De- <laughs> Devin Conway injuring his hand, punching his bat. Uh, the Jason Roy injury. Uh, and the Tamal Mills injury. I think they can come in under one bracket. Brutal England injuries. They were sad. Uh, Bangladesh trying to play cricket. That is a nomination. <laughs> West Indies, 55 all out in the in the in England's first game of the tournament. Scotland in the Super 12s. Glenn's adding these as I go along. <laughs> just so this is now, it's going to be a never-ending list of saddest <laughs> moments. Steve Bruce. Appearing at the semi-final, looking distinctly burnt, but in a happier place than he was uh, on Tyneside. Uh, oh, yes. The Jatinder run out from Oman's last qualifier. That was sad. That's a good shout, Glenn. Those are your nominees. Who? Uh, there's, some cla- there's some cracking sad moments in here. And I don't want to go for an actual sad moment like the injury, which was sad. I'm thinking more like sad, like pathetic. So I'm, I'm talking West Indies all out. I'm talking Bangladesh here. I want to make a pitch, and it, it was Will that popped it in for our for our boy uh, Jatinder Singh being run out. I yeah. that that speaks to me. I was I was miserable after that collapse. <laughs> I was really sad. It ruined my day. That. that ruined my week. That's a really that good one cool. to put in. I don't I don't want to give it Hassan Ali. I think he's got enough on his plate at the minute with, with what he's he trending. Did. Uh, we spoke about Conway enough. I think Bangladesh. I'd love to give it to them because they were terrible. They were true. I know. They need a whole refresh, but there's another award coming up that I think they might be, they could win a rainy for there. Um, Scotland, the Super 12s, again, we've already mentioned them. So I think, should we give it to Tinder? Um, I think give it to Tinder. I was minutes away from buying my Oman shirt back in the in the qualifying stage. If, if, if listeners don't remember, Oman gave it a game against Bangladesh, could have won that, didn't, went to the third qualifying game, and their star player got himself run out on the very first ball of the innings. And that was that. <laughs> Only in Oman. <laughs> Only in Oman. That was brutal. And that 
is the rain stop play saddest moment of the T20 World Cup? Okay, two more awards to give out before we wrap it up this week. Um, the unofficial rain stop play favorite nation of the tournament. Um, you'll be surprised to hear that, well, three of them are associate nations because they were really, really fun and we love talking about them. So the nominees are Oman, Namibia, Scotland, and this is from Zach, who I, I think I agree with here. He's got a good shout. It's Sri Lanka uh, because they, like, they couldn't play cricket and then all of a sudden they could and they were feisty. Uh, I don't think that deserves an award though. You can't go from like, here's an award for like being shit and then not being as shit as people thought. No, I think we need to go with one of Oman, Nibir and Scotland. So they're all, and they're one of our teams each. I researched Scotland, Glenn, you did Namibia, uh, Will, you did Oman. So this could be quite the battle. Early pitch for Oman. I think I enjoyed watching them the most of all three. I was genuinely into it. And they kept dropping it. And then they cut to the coach and he was so sad. They dropped they dropped three catches in the space of two and a half overs. I mean, you just cannot buy this level of just enthusiasm over quality. And I was I was more invested in them going through than I was Namibia. And I'll say it on air because I, I bought into the narrative. Will sold it beautifully. And Jatinta Singh is, is a stunning player. I mean, he's yeah. a clearly a classy, classy player. Um I'm going to go for them because they that was the most fun I had was watching them. I was going to go Namibia until you said that, Glenn, because I thought you were going to back me. Simply because I enjoyed them the most. I loved their game against Ireland where they qualified. They were tragic in the tournament. And this is my issue with Scotland as well because there's just a sour taste in my mouth. Whereas Oman, despite the disappointment, left me wanting more. We never got the bad days with Oman. They cut us <laughs> off at the right time. I think for that reason, we should probably give it to Oman. They were a fantastic team with great players. A great spirit. Let's hope to see them back next year. I think it's like if you've had a house party, you know, you've invited all those nations. Scotland, Namibia are there at the end talking politics at like 2 a.m. And you want them out of the house. You want to they, go they, to bed. They wake up man, on the sofa the next day. Yeah, yeah and stay yes. for another day. Oh, stay, stay for Sunday as well. Stay for Sunday lunch. Whereas a man, they turned up. They, they arrived at a great time, 9 p.m. And they're out the door by one. And they <laughs> brought a load of drinks with them. <laughs> and they did the playlist. They did the good crack, some cracking tunes. <laughs> and everyone got really into that. And yeah, so congratulations, Oman, uh, the rainy for the unofficial rainstop play favorite team of the tournament. And now on the opposite end of the spectrum, and we can we can maybe carry the party analogy along here into these teams, if you like, is the unofficial rainstop play most hated nation of the tournament. <laughs> We're saying most hated nation. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this was pitched as you know most disappointing or something most hated <laughs> i think so yeah but yeah i mean it's, it's bangladesh so yeah it's bangladesh glenn wrote this down glenn wrote hated so if you're going to send your hate toward glenn send it toward glenn actually the netherlands shouldn't get off oh, lightly they, I, it was I so relevant i can't them. i don't want to waste time on hating them that was they weren't worth our precious time on this earth discussing they these were so guys, pitiful these three gave us a moment or like, we thought they might and then let us down. So the uh, the nominees are Bangladesh, West Indies, and Afghanistan. And I think Bangladesh has spoken about terrible cr- cricket all tournament. Had some horrible injuries. Need a whole refresh of their team. Just awful. Just awful. After what they they used to be the fun team and now they're not. They used to be the fun uncle and now they're the boring drunk uncle. I don't know. Um, the West Indies, who we previewed, well, they that we we put them in our top three podcast, like our potential winners. Three, two of those top three didn't even get to the semi-finals, and I'm a bit smug about this because I called this which West Indies were going to show up. It was the shit one, and that 55 will out pretty much under their tournament. And 
no amount of Gale bowling and being fun on the, on the field and jumping on Mitch Marsh's back when he gets him out will make me like this team. That's interesting because I was going to say if the award was called most disappointing, I think objectively, well, actually, to be fair, bloody hell, how have India not got nominated for this award? Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, sorry, I'll finish my thought. Yeah, West Indies, if it were called most disappointing, West Indies should definitely be up there. Most hate it. I can't hate them. We, we have to love this team. And, and as we said before, you know, they, they've done these players have done so much. They gave it one last throw of the dice. It was one two, tournament too many. It didn't work. They need a refresh. But there's nothing disgraceful about that. That's a very fair point. I think I agree with you saying, like, they can do what they want, really. They've already won it twice. So I think I was a bit harsh there. Sorry, Chris. Okay, let's take West Indies out of the running then. The other nominee to even maybe maybe even look at Bangladesh is Afghanistan because they looked amazing and they just thrashed Namibia and Scotland. We're like, right, they're going to win. They're going to take them all. And then they didn't. And it, now, is that our fault? Is that, that That's our fault, I think. I think it is. But if Zach were here, he would fondly remember them giving Pakistan a game. Yeah, <laughs> they that's did. so they, true. They ran them close. And then when they lost to New Zealand and India, they ran them nowhere, nowhere near close. And that is disappointing. Having said that, I never really believed in them in the first place, so I can't nominate them for this award. Yeah, and again, you know, the word hater jumps to mind as a real key key phrase here. Um, <laughs> you know, I watched Afghanistan, I was mildly disappointed. West Indies, yeah, they were a shambles. Um, but nothing really gives me that visceral, just like disgust for the game of cricket and a nation, such as Bangladesh. Let me tell you, being bowled out for uh, 84 uh, against South Africa and following that up by, you know, just 10 runs less, being bowled out for 73 against Australia. It's just, and, and that was towards the end of the tournament. But this, I mean, and this was the point in the tournament where we needed someone to be feisty to mix yeah. it up a little bit. We needed, like, South Africa and Australia not to walk over somebody, and they did, they just let them have them twice. And they also lost to Scotland, and on a slightly different day, with a bit more luck from a man, they would have lost to a man as well. I mean, yeah. how yeah. did they get to the Super yeah. 12s? How they shouldn't they even be here. here. Shouldn't no. even be here. That's, no, actually, that's, Glenn's absolutely right. I've forgotten that as an argument. The reason they win this award is not just that they were hateful and terrible. They're the reason that Oman didn't get through. Oh, yes. <laughs> the full circle. That's it. That's it. And that is probably the hardest winner of the whole thing. The final yep. award. The unofficial reigns dot play. Most hated nation. <laughs> It's Bangladesh. Congratulations. Your rainy is in the post. And that wraps up the rainies. That was fun, boys. I enjoyed that. Um, and that wraps up that tournament. And I'm glad we could do it on a fun note. And we'll we'll have this in our memory now, as opposed to like the really drab games that were played throughout. So well done. Congratulations to all the teams and players who won. We might put a full rundown on our Twitter. Uh, do follow us at rainstoppod. And if you want to DM us because you're Bangladeshi and we deserve some hate, please do. If you have any other potential nominees we missed or some awards we missed, let us know on Twitter. We could bring them back for the next pod. Although, the quicker we put this World Cup to bed, the better. Um, Will, do you want to do a very quick plug for the Yorkshire special coming out this week? What's going to be coming up on it? What should people be looking out for? Because we record this now on Monday evening. This podcast will be available on Tuesday morning uh, in the UK. The inquiry up in, in Parliament will start about that time. So what, what should we be looking out for tomorrow or today as they're listening to it and for our podcast? Yeah, so as you're listening to this, you've probably just seeing all of the news coming out from the Parliament hearing where we'll have uh, Azim Rafiq, um, Hutton, who was the previous chair of Yorkshire, now resigned, and then a couple of people from the ECB all talking to MPs in Parliament. Um, and we should get some more news about that Yorkshire situation coming out then. There's also this ongoing explosion of news from Essex with their own racism scandal, which looks like getting bigger and bigger. 
Um, so we'll have a special podcast episode talking about all of these things dropping on Thursday. Um, we'll have some guests. We'll have a big discussion with all of us. Um, and we'll try and really move the story on a little bit and focus on, OK, we know all of this crazy stuff is happening at these clubs. But what's what are the real structural barriers around racism in English cricket generally? What's going on? How do we get to this place and how do we get out of it? Brilliant. Awesome plug. Uh, look out for that on Thursday. I mean, you can't really miss the news at the minute, but yeah, you will have the Parliament hearing uh, on Tuesday today as you're listening to it. And yes, look out for that. Uh, it should be a very interesting podcast. I'm looking forward to, to recording that one. That wraps it up for this one, though. Thank you very much for listening, uh, following us through this World Cup. We hope you've enjoyed our content. Uh, for now, Glenn, that's the T20 World Cup. Thanks for following it with us. See you soon, mate. Goodbye and good riddance to that tournament. <laughs> thanks for the moral support, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being with us in this time. Uh, Will, I'll speak to you on Thursday. Look forward to that. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in the week. Until then, see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.